0: 21st century, it's all about fiduciary, and it's about giving clients advice in which there are no conflicts of interest whatsoever. That F word I talk about, that fiduciary word, I've embraced that, I wear that on my sleeve, and I know you guys too as well. That's the Brookstone story, is we are all about promoting that fiduciary duty.
1: This is the Retire Happy Podcast with John Amarino, fiduciary financial advisor at Securus Financial in the San Diego area, and Thomas O'Connell, president and managing principal of International Financial Advisory Group, Inc. in Rockaway, New Jersey. Together, they'll be keeping retirement happy from coast to
2: coast. Welcome back to another episode of the Retire Happy Podcast, helping retirees retire happy from coast to coast. I am John Armarino. I'm joined by my co-host, Tom O'Connell. How are you doing, Tom? I'm great. Hello, everybody out there in America. Hope everybody's doing well. So Tom and I, when we first got this uh, podcast, when we were planning it out, one of our big goals was to bring on outstanding guests, high leverage guests to the show. And uh, so we decided that our first guest would be no other than a person who's completely had a huge impact on, on both of us. And that is the CEO and founder of Brookstone Capital Management, Mr. Dean Zayed. Ladies and gentlemen, get on your feet and put your hands together for the CEO and founder of Brookstone Capital Management, it's Mr. Dean
0: Zayad. How you doing, Dean? Hey, John. I'm doing great, guys. It's great to be here. I appreciate it.
1: Well, we appreciate you coming on with us, Dean. Thanks.
2: So, uh, Dean, he, is, uh, he was not only... A highly recognized financial advisor. But in 2006, he founded Brookstone Capital Management, a registered investment advisory firm out in Wheaton, Illinois, which is just outside of Chicago. He also has his uh, law degree and a master's in taxation, and uh, probably one of the industry's top visionaries and just a phenomenal CEO of now according to, I believe it was Financial Advisor Magazine, the fastest growing RA in the nation. Is that right, Dean?
0: That is correct for 2021. So we've had a a real great growth story here. And despite it all, actually, we still feel like we're just getting started, as you guys know. I mean The the industry and the demographics and just the amount of wealth transfer and a a lot of money out there just in general uh, for those that are looking to retire and getting close to retirement. So you know, we're in a great spot. And I know we all love what we do. This is a very gratifying thing to be in this industry and, and help people accomplish all these wonderful goals that they have, you know, in their retirement type years.
2: Yeah. So in 2006, Dean, as I said, founded Brookstone Capital Management. And really over the 15 years, I mean, he has built Brookstone Capital Management in from a small RIA into a uh, firm managing 8 billion dollars and you know and I know Tom and I can talk about this and, and elaborate a little bit more but not only does he have a very successful firm but it's the culture within that firm that is is second to none from the top down whether it's Dean or Daryl Ronconi or or Mark Diorio all the way down to the advisor services and and I mean, I, I know Tom will echo this. Our our main rep, Maureen Lang, is unbelievable, and Karen Quill in in compliance and, and Alex Matt Lovett and Alex, yeah, Alex, uh, one of our financial analysts. I mean, he has developed a team that is is extremely responsive to the advisors' needs, and so he's he's really built something that is second to none, and. You know, on a personal note, when I think about Dean, I think about a CEO that you know we just saw each other what two months ago in in Las Vegas, and you know he's a he's a CEO again of an eight billion dollar firm with what about a thousand plus advisors
0: now, Dean? That's right, we've got a thousand plus and across all fifty states, you know. So
2: yeah, we're And in national footprint. And this man will come up to you. And he'll see you from across the room. He'll give you a big smile. He'll walk walk up to you, give you a hug, ask you how your family is, and always offer any help for your practice. And, you know, another thing I love about him is how down to earth and, and humble you are. You know, I, I've been to so many trainings where after the trainings, we've gone to happy hour and grabbed wings. And I think uh, one of the best examples of just Dean's outwardly gracious and humble behaviors is is when we were in Nashville this last June, we actually had a friend that was in Nashville at a conference and and I asked, you know, I brought her to one of the events and Dean sat and talked with her and my wife and and my wife's friend Amanda was just floored by how how gracious and how humble he was. And just I mean, just spending I think they talked for you know fifteen or twenty minutes, but she was just floored about how such a great guy was so on a personal level, incredible person but on a professional level, you know I joined Brookstone in 2016 and and really when I joined, I was having a little bit of a turbulent time. I, I was just leaving my second RIA because of of poor uh, service. I was just got my second back surgery, my best friend had cancer and one of my closest friends, was just killed on the line of duty. And I, I remember having dinner with uh, Dean and Derek over uh, in, by Shelter Island and, and Dean said, hey, we're here for you. We're here for you with whatever you need. Let us help you. We're going to turn things around. And um, yeah, I remember that to this day. And I am proud to say that 95% of my growth in my practice has come from my alliance with Brookstone Capital in just the last five years. So I am definitely always grateful for what Dean has done for my practice. And I know, Tommy, um, you have some strong feelings towards Dean also.
1: Sure do. Dean, you and I go back to the John Naylor days, if you remember that far back. And it took me a little while to see the light. I was with a broker-dealer for man, I've been in this business for over 30 years. I've had my own private practice for 25 now. This is my 25th anniversary. And it took me a little while to see the light, even though we had our relationship. Um, but I can certainly attest to the fact that financially, ethically, morally, strategically, best move I've made in in my 25 years as, as a private practitioner. We're going to get into it a little bit more, but the the things that Brookstone and Dean offers, as John said, not only on a personal level but on a professional level. Uh, you don't find it out there. Uh, you don't find it at brokerage houses. You don't find it at banks. You don't find it at insurance companies. It's just the. It's a totally different animal.
2: Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. So, enough of us talking about what a great guy he is. Let's let's learn about uh, Dean and Dean. If you wouldn't mind, tell us a little bit of your background, how you got started in the industry, and. Maybe we'll move on to the Brookstone story from there.
0: Sure, sure. Sounds good. And, you know, you guys do have me blushing over here. So I appreciate all the positive words. And I do consider you both dear friends first. And we are business partners and we're colleagues. But, you know, the friendship has really allowed us to really build a relationship from the ground up. And yes, it's great to make money and, and grow our businesses. But when you do so with people that you really actually like, I mean, it makes it a a heck of a lot better of an experience. And, uh, we've had a lot of fun along the way as well. So that's a win-win situation in my opinion. Yes, absolutely. The, the dirty secret in my world. All right. I'll give it up here early and then we'll move on. But see, I am a, an attorney by background. And most people don't know that because I've been so rooted in the financial services industry for so long, 20 plus years. But my, my actual start in the financial industry came as, an, uh, as a young estate planning attorney, and to answer your question, John, I won't belabor it too much, but a uh, young estate planning attorney that saw a vision to create something bigger than just a law practice. I wanted to create what I called a multidisciplinary practice, which was just simple code for a one-stop shop. It would be set up where you'd have an estate planning law firm sit side by side with a financial planning and investment firm so that you could have a common set of professionals provide uniform advice across these disciplines of estate planning and financial planning uh, that really have a lot of overlap, right? When you're doing estate planning, you're typically at a point in your life where you're thinking about retiring, maybe you've already retired, but the disciplines do have overlap. And so that was my first entrepreneurial moment was really to say, I don't want to just be a lawyer only. I think there's a bigger vision for my career. And so I became the financial advisor of my own two-firm set up, and had a partner on the law side that did all the legal work. Uh, and I was sort of off to the races in terms of being a young advisor that was meeting with clients. And this is going back 20 plus years, but really having a tremendous amount of success and gratification in helping people who were at that point of retirement to really accomplish their goals and build portfolios that were sustainable, income streams that would last their entire lifetime. That's really kind of the early DNA of Dean as the advisor which eventually led to the Brookstone story. But at my core, I I work and deal with clients directly, both as their lawyer back in the day and as a financial advisor. And that's really kind of the the building blocks to the eventual starting of Brookstone, which really was more of this B2B idea to work with other advisors and helping them grow their practice.
2: Right. And, And I mean, even to this day, even as CEO, you still actually have your own practicing firm, correct?
0: I do. I do and I think it's important for those you know, listening to to understand that it's it keeps me very relevant in terms of what clients are looking for. You know, the industry's changed in the last 20 plus years. The world has changed. Uh the tools that we have to work with have changed from investment products and ETFs and crypto and products on the insurance side that allow us to do some wonderful things for our clients. So by all means staying in front of clients with my own private wealth practice that I started 20 plus years ago is important to me. I do get great gratification out of that. But more importantly, it keeps me supremely relevant to the latest and greatest tools and techniques that we all use together to help clients. Right. And I mean,
2: now talking about Brookstone, so you started Brookstone, you wanted you wanted to have a little B2B type of RIA, but you, you actually really, not only do you have a phenomenal wealth management system, but you, you really, even at some of the most basic- Conferences to newer advisors, it starts with mentorship. And you know, would you mind elaborating a little bit more about your your vision when it first started and how it's kind of morphed into what Brookstone is today?
0: Absolutely, yeah. I mean, it really started with a an idea that was a, a niche play in the industry, and the niche was you've got this huge movement of advisors away from those traditional firms that they worked with those Wirehouse, large wall street names that we all know of and then the banks uh, came into being and as big players in the late 90s the movement was towards the independent side of the business right jonathan we all know that it was a movement away from being captive and more towards independence and you had this massive hole in my opinion in terms of how those newly minted independent advisors might choose to run their practice right who are they going to strategically partner with to add resources are they going to hire cios that have a cfa are they going to build their own technology for example are they going to do their own portfolio construction and and trading which is pretty complicated stuff or might they choose to outsource that through a strategic partner in a relationship that can help them grow their practice while allowing them to spend their time in those areas that were most meaningful, right? That they can really do their best at. Usually that's gonna be cultivating new client relationships and then maintaining existing ones. And then you outsource all those other things there. So the Brookstone story, this B2B story came into being because the niche I saw was a movement towards the independent side of the financial services space without enough players on the platform side of RIAs that could actually partner with an advisor who works for himself, right? He's independent but needs somebody to help him with some of that back office, heavy lifting, investment intelligence, and all those other things that we have to do on a day-to-day basis. So the Brookstone story really was that niche idea to to really sit in the middle of this independent space and then partner with advisors to be their bridge, their mentor, and their platform, as we now know, um, on that RIA or that fee-based managed money side of their practice.
1: So, Dean. You already went over it a little bit, but maybe we can elaborate a little bit more. So in your opinion, what's the value? Because people ask me all the time, okay, when they see their statements, they're asking, what's Brookstone and who are they and what do they do? And I probably give a a short answer and just say, hey, basically, they're my conduit for the trading processes that we go through for your investment programs. But I know that falls far short of you actually do. So what would you describe maybe in a little bit more detail, the value of independent advisors working with you and Brookstone? And then what does that relationship bring to the client?
0: So the the high level answer is that we do all those things necessary to support the portion of an advisor's fee-based, fiduciary-based money management practice. And so if I stop right there and say, okay, that sounds good, Dean, but what does that really mean? And it means some of the things that you just mentioned, Tom, among others, right? So uh, let's just start with investments, for example, right? Do most independent advisors have either the time or the desire or a little bit of both or none of the above to actually act as portfolio manager on a 24-7 basis in terms of researching the right tools, the right funds, the right managers? getting the allocations done properly, uh, rebalancing at a right time when a portfolio might get out of whack, right? This whole idea of the portfolio side of the business. I'll just start with that, for example. So while some advisors certainly can act as portfolio manager, and we allow them to in our platform, it is quite time consuming. And for most advisors, not the best use of their time. They're not really analysts by heart. They are trained advisors that are really the the financial quarterback, the relationship manager with their clients that are really going to be their guide through retirement and maybe not necessarily the best analyst on the research side of the portfolio. So that's one area that we can focus on, right? So the Brookstone platform brings with it a tremendous amount of investment intelligence through our CIO, Mark DiOrio, Chief Investment Officer, and his team and his investment committee. He's a CFA. We have several other CFAs, CFPs, MBAs, and some accountants on staff that make up this team in an area where if an independent advisor wants to leverage the investment intelligence of our firm and our platform and actually treat them as sort of like a an extension of their own practice, then the advisor wins. They've now partnered with the firm like Brookstone that brings them a sophisticated amount of investment intelligence across portfolios that we're doing the research, we're building the the model portfolios, we're adding other features and tools to the platform, we're doing all the heavy lifting, the research, the vetting, et cetera, and constantly adding and subtracting from that to give our advisors the best absolute ideas on the investment side of the business. Obviously, guys, we know that trickles down to the client, right, so the client thinks they might be hiring just John's our guy, But they may not realize that John has the total breadth and power and all the resources of Brookstone behind him in terms of those investments strategies and the portfolios, right? So the client wins because they're getting access to John and his firm Brookstone, which really steps up the game in terms of what John can deliver in terms of sophisticated portfolio advice. So it's one example that we talk about among others we can get into in terms of how how all parties ought to win. You know Brookstone wins, John wins. The client win. Um, And John then has a much easier path to continue to build his practice, give more time and attention to his clients, frankly, by having Brookstone stand behind him on all of these areas like investments as as one example.
2: Yeah. And I mean, that's, I, I couldn't definitely, I mean, that is a huge part of what you guys bring to the table because there are so many moving parts from the advisor services being in contact with TD Ameritrade about forms and And whatnot and uh you know i have the full faith of brookstone's whole team and you know and i tell people you you just see me but the the people that i have in the background a hundred plus people that i have access to working for me and um you know dean you, you had made mention earlier about fiduciary and you know we've got all these you know washington and their uh in their quest to actually do something, is is trying to bring everyone up to the fiduciary standard. But a lot of people don't understand that there's really two standards for an advisor. But more importantly, for the firm that supervises those advisors, would you really talk about it on a firm level? The difference between that fiduciary and that brokerage style firm.
0: Sure, sure, sure. It's a, it's a great topic, and it's one that you know average clients and investors and, and retirees don't know much about, and If I can, John, maybe I'll just, you know, I won't take too long, but I love to invoke the history lesson that really helps explain this difference between a suitability standard and a fiduciary duty and the different types of advisors and brokers out there. right? So everyone just just bear with me for a second here. Close your eyes. Think about the past, right? And, And let me just throw a couple of years out, a couple of dates in time that I think will resonate with most people. here. So 1929. Let's start with that. We all know what happened in the year 1929. I know it's a long, long time ago, but the stock market crashed badly after the roaring 20s, and it, it began in earnest, you know, this area, era we call the Great Depression, right? So 1929 was a big year for the country, for the world, for the financial markets, all crashing down. Great Depression starts. You have uh, an election in 1932, right? Let's just kind of trace a couple of years. FDR wins the election based on really reforming all those bad actors and players that caused the Great Depression and caused the market to crash. So we have this new president in 32, and he begins really trying to pass some laws starting in 1933-34. So that's why we trace this 33-34, all about reforming the bad players on Wall Street or the deemed to be bad players. And so you had the set of laws, the Securities Acts in 33 and 34 that were passed in an effort to reform and tame and bring in these bad actors, and regulate them more. And what happened was that's the foundational law that still exists today that regulates a certain type of advisor. You can call them whatever you want. They used to be called stockbrokers. You can call them a financial consultant, a financial advisor. They're registered representatives of broker-dealers. However you call it, they have a certain license that allows them to sell securities products for a commission and the key is they're not giving advice they're making recommendations and if you fast forward it's six or seven years in 1940 after you are still president another huge law was passed called the investment advisors act of 1940 and that law said hey we're going to create a different kind of financial advisor a whole new breed out of the blue this new law but we're going to make a couple of tweaks to it one We're gonna force these uh, new advisors to get a different license. So a different license, Series 65 is what we know today. We're going to allow this advisor to actually provide investment advice across all securities. You're actually the one giving the advice. But if we're gonna let you give advice to clients, then we're gonna ask something in return that once you do this and you get this license and you're signing up to give advice, you now must abide by a different standard of care. And that's the fiduciary duty that says you must always act in the client's best interest if you're this new type of advisor. So 1940 was a huge, huge turning point in the industry. Unfortunately, that type of advisor, that law was in place, but it really lay dormant for decades because the other side of the business, this brokerage side of the business that dominated the industry in the 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s until some people started waking up and this movement about fiduciary and the idea of going independent and acting in a client's best interest. And you had some firms out there like EF Hutton were talking about it in the seventies, but there was not a lot of traction. And as the nineties rolled in and then, you know, commissions came down and online brokerages started and people could trade their own accounts and not pay a broker, right? Change the mentality of the advisor. And so what you've had now in the last 20 plus years is this absolute paradigm shift in the industry from the old brokerage model to this independent fiduciary model based on that 1940 law that I love that kind of lay dormant. And so John, Tom, I, myself personally, Brookstone Capital, we are all 1940 Investment Advisor Act advisors. Brookstone's the mothership. We are the firm that supervises all the other advisors. But the most important thing to understand is that we have all signed up for And we believe it's the only way to operate in this industry as a fiduciary advisor that we believe, of course, is a superior way to operate than a 1933-34 Act broker. There's some good brokers out there. Don't get me wrong. We don't bash anybody. But the way they've chosen to build their business and to provide recommendations to clients is simply, I believe, an outdated 20th century way to run a practice. 21st century, it's all about fiduciary that F word I talk about, that fiduciary word, I've embraced that, I wear that on my sleeve, and I know you guys too as well. That's the Brookstone story is we are all about promoting that fiduciary duty. Absolutely.
1: So Dean, would it be fair to say that we find in the industry today that the the fiduciary standard is typically with the independent advisor like John and
0: myself? I would say so, yes, absolutely. I mean independent side of the business and you know, young, Young, I say young. John and I are young. Tom, you're not young. You're, you're old. But, but thanks for you've reminding got, me. You've got, the, you've got the experience to prove it. So old and experienced, you know, they go hand in hand. But, uh, you know, the folks that are going independent, let, let's be honest. Those that are in the know, those that are in the know that are going to make this move to independence, they're going to likely want to choose a fiduciary business model because they know that the word is out, guys, right? There's some TV commercials now. E-Trade was running some a little bit, Schwab, TD Ameritrade. The word is getting out to the end consumer, the end client, that there is a difference and that there is an advantage to working with a fiduciary base advisor. And so, you know, we're, we're ahead of the curve. We've been there. We've done this is what we do in our practice. Um, and I couldn't be more happy, frankly, because there's no other way moving forward, in my opinion, to build or start or run a financial practice um, aimed at retirees and all that wealth out there than to do so as a fiduciary advisor.
1: So what do you see as the the future of, say, our industry as independent reps and fiduciaries? And what's that going to mean to the clients in the future as
0: well? You know, I'd say this. I, I would focus on three areas again. Uh, you know, my business philosophy has always been that every party has to win, right? Everyone's going to win. Brookstone's going to win. You guys as the advisors have to win that work with us and the clients have to win. So let, let me just answer that question in with three different areas, I think, that will kind of hopefully define my vision of the future. Number one, you talk about investments and portfolios and, and some areas like disruptive technologies. With the use of ETFs, you can get exposure to things that you just couldn't get exposed to 10, 15 20 years ago, you got the whole crypto story out there. Uh, and so number one, I think everyone wins when we stay on the cutting edge of building 21st century relevant investment portfolios that keep up with a lot of the different themes that are going on out there, like crypto, like disruptive technologies, like structured notes that provide an incredible alternative to traditional bonds, but still fit beautifully within this fixed income. High yield type space, right? So number one, the future's got to be staying cutting edge on the investment side of the industry so that all parties win. Clients are going to get better results from their Brooks owned advisor by virtue of us all staying on the cutting edge of where the investment side of the industry continues to grow and evolve. Number two, I would say technology, right? We want to empower our advisors and our clients. And we've started that already. We've built out our own proprietary tech. The Brookstone portal has been a big hit with our advisors. It allows you to basically run your entire book of business if you so choose to using technology, starting with opening up accounts online digitally, wing to wing, DocuSign, no paper needed, all that modern stuff we've been talking about that is actually here and now and working to managing your book of business through the portal by rebalancing accounts with a couple of clicks or asking for money out for a client to ACH to their bank account or new money coming in, whatever the case might be, empowering you and the clients to run your practice more efficiently and to make sure that they're much better apprised of their situation by the simple use of technology to get their portfolios, their performance, and their progress done through the use of technology, of course, right? Now, now some light tech that we all use, especially with COVID, has been doing meetings via Zoom, for example, right? Everyone's now accustomed to Zoom meetings or online meetings, which is fine. I'm talking about a deeper dive into our own tech that empowers you and the clients to be in a better position to understand exactly what's happening. And that tech really just makes all of our lives easier, more efficient. It takes out all the noise that you deal with in terms of paper and allows us to focus on the real task at hand, helping the client get through retirement in the safest way possible. So we're big on tech. We're making millions of dollars of investments into technology for that purpose, to help you and to help the client.
2: I mean, that's a game changer for us. And and really, every time we save time, that's time that we can, you know, allot to our clients and, and that relationship building that you mentioned.
0: Yep, absolutely. We, we want to empower you to do with your best at and free up all those other things that really we can take off the plate. And, and uh, you know, again, you're best at working with clients and providing advice and being a true financial guide and quarterback to them. The third area I might focus on is going to be the area of, of overall cost and fees, right? You know, we have really had our pulse on that, we believe, for a long time. Uh, there are some lower cost vehicles that you can use like ETFs. There are some other ways over time we think we can lower the overall cost structure for the client without sacrificing or compromising any of the advice or the level of sophistication that we deliver. So we are looking at options. We... We have not seen a tremendous amount of fee compression in the industry, but we're focused on making sure that we can be as fee competitive and as I'm going to use another word tax competitive, because if you can save a client some tax dollars, right? All that winds up in their bottom line. So between fees and taxes, we could actually deliver much more value add to a client on a net, net basis than an average broker out there who's not really thinking about any tax planning and really probably has a higher overall and more expensive fee structure. So I guess that third area is going to be about the net net result of the client in terms of the tax planning, tax savings, uh, being the most competitive fee overall possible. Again, everybody wins. We win, you win, client wins and and we think at some point, you know, there's going to be some fee compression. And we wanna stay ahead of that curve and not be reactive to it one day.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Dean uh, we know you're a busy man and, you know, Tom and I greatly appreciate you as always, but taking uh, time out of your day to talk with our clients and our listeners um, really got some great insight from you and, and it's always a good, good time talking with you. And, and before I leave, you know, you did mention that Tom is old, which <laughs> I, I apologize, Tom, because I should open the show with this. Congratulations to Tom O'Connell. Who your firm just made it 25 years in the business, and and that's an incredible achievement.
1: Well, thank you, I appreciate that. 25 long, hard years that were filled with fun and pleasure, and you know, looking forward to another 25 years.
2: Yes, and hopefully, Dean will 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 still be uh, our leader because every time uh, Dean makes a big move, I know we all get scared. <laughs> that Dean uh, Dean's gonna say okay I've, I've accomplished enough and I think that's probably the first question from everybody that Dean has to answer is like nope I'm I'm just getting started so um, yeah I look forward to not only a lifelong friendship uh, you know with both of you but uh, this continued partnership for many uh, many years to come and uh, Dean thank you
0: again sir thanks Dean Hey, it gentlemen, it's been a bit of pleasure. I, I, we'll do it anytime. I love it, guys. Thank you. All right. Take care. Sure, everything. Thanks,
2: guys. And uh, thank you, everyone, for tuning in for another uh, great podcast. This is one of my favorite podcasts, talking to Dean and uh, Tommy. So uh, we'll catch you in the next uh, couple weeks on uh, another episode of the Retire Happy podcast and happy uh,
1: thanksgiving to everybody
2: yes yes everyone have a a a great thanksgiving and i think this is that's a great uh our great first interview is uh right before thanksgiving week uh and and really to give thanks to, to dean and what he's developed for for not only us and our clients so happy thanksgiving and we will see you on the next episode take care bye everybody it's easy to get in touch with John and Thomas. If you're more on the West Coast, give John a call at 858-935-6210. That's 858-935-6210. Or go online to gosecurus.com That's gosecurus.com If you're more of an East Coaster, then call Thomas, 973-394-0623. That's 973-394-0623. And online at internationalfinancial.com. That's internationalfinancial.com. And you can, of course, always just check the description or the show notes section of today's show for all that contact information. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcasting apps. And we'll see you next time on the Retire Happy Podcast. Investment advisory services offered through Brookstone Capital Management, LLC, BCM, a registered investment advisor. BCM, Securus Financial, and International Financial Advisory Group are independent of each other. Insurance products and services are not offered through BCM, but are offered and sold through individually licensed and appointed agents. The opinions expressed by John Iamarino, Thomas O'Connell, and guests on this show are their own and are based upon information considered reliable, although it should not be relied upon as such. Any statements or opinions are subject to change without notice. Investments involve risk and unless otherwise stated are not guaranteed. Past performance cannot